0: You know what? I pray for our beloved church. I pray that we would be known as a church that is making fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. I pray that we would be excellent at this task, that God would use our efforts and our prayers to see that a host of believers in our congregation will become more fully committed to following Jesus Christ your leaders have been praying, and as I've told you before, for approximately a year as to understand how the Lord would have us go forward in the ongoing pandemic. We have come to the conclusion that the Lord would have us to simplify our ministry and to simplify our ministries, that we would do less but perhaps do it better than we have done it in the past. The first sermon in this series was on our destination. And you'll recall that I had you imagine us getting into our vehicles and going as a common destination to Saunders Beach. We will take the same route to get there and we will arrive at the same destination. That was an illustration to say that our destination in this simple church philosophy of ministry is that all of us would come to be fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. Last week, we talked about what route will we take in our vehicles to get to that destination of fully following Jesus Christ. And we said together that the route will have three parts to it. It will be love the Lord, love one another, and love the lost. Say that with me. Love the Lord, love one another, and love the lost. That is our route. We've said that under that three-pronged route... Loving the Lord, we're going to encourage that every believer associated with our assembly will be regular and committed to the Sunday morning worship service. That's loving the Lord. We're saying that the love one another component of our root will be every possible believer in our assembly being a part of a small group. And we're saying that loving the lost will be done through evangelistic efforts, done through our small groups, but also In other ways as well. And so we are moving from where we are right now to where God wants us to be that he makes the motion that we all would be fully committed followers of his son. We all second the motion and we vote to pass the motion that we're in. We buy in. We want to be fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to be in a small group and we're going to share our faith through our small group, and through other means possible. And now as I come to the third and final message in our series on Simple Church, we're going to consider the passengers who will be in our respective vehicles as we make our way to our destination of fully following Jesus Christ. And those persons, those believers, will be the believers in your particular small groups. You can envision your small group as your passengers in your shared vehicle going along the route of loving the Lord, loving one another, and loving the lost, getting to the destination of fully committed following of Jesus Christ. And so this particular sermon is going to concentrate on the merit, the usefulness, and the purpose of small groups, the passengers in your particular vehicles. So first of all, let me say that the Lord Jesus Christ had some passengers in his ministry for three and a half years. And it may surprise you, but the passengers in the Lord Jesus Christ's vehicle were few, 12, and one was a phony. Jesus worked with a small group of 12, and one was a phony. Second, the Lord Jesus Christ's passengers were ordinary people. They were not highly educated. They were not the social stratus that everybody looked up to. They were ordinary men, down-to-earth men, average men. And third, the Lord Jesus Christ's passengers were together only for a short time. They only comprised a small group with their Savior for three and a half years. That's a short period of time. But even more surprising when you scour the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see that Jesus did his best work in his smallest crowd of 12. Jesus Christ did his best work in his smallest crowd of 12 ordinary men. Jesus loved and used a small group. And CBC is going to love and to use small groups following his gracious example. So again, will you please remember that our simple process of making fully committed followers of Jesus Christ is love the Lord, Sunday morning worship service, love one another, be in a small group, and love the lost, share your faith through various opportunities presented to you to do so largely through your small group. It is no accident in our simple process, in the three steps of our simple process, that love one another or small groups is right in the middle of the process. That's because small groups are at the heart of what we're going to be as a church going forward. Small groups are the core, the driving engine going forward for our church to make fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. You need to be in a small group. That is where the action is going to be. That is where the formation of Christian character is going to take place. You need to be in a small group. And when you look at the New Testament, it wasn't just the Lord Jesus who used a small group, although that would be enough, wouldn't it? But the Apostle Paul also believed in and used small groups. Most scholars believe that the Apostle Paul planted somewhere between 14 and 20 churches. And in each of those church plants, they began with a small group of believers. And on top of that, many of the churches which the Apostle Paul planted using small groups in turn themselves planted other churches. And those second-generation churches that were planted were also established through small groups Now, Paul's priority of small groups and Paul's attention to small groups and Paul's participation in small groups blessed him. It made him spiritually and relationally rich. A man who could have deep and authentic discipleship making friendships with other committed believers. And so it'll be for you and me. As we commit to plugging into being a part of a small group, we will have spiritually and relationally rich friendships. No one needs to feel alone in this congregation. No one needs to feel they have not been heard in this congregation. No one needs to feel they have no Christian friend they can be transparent with in our congregation. Now, let me list some of the New Testament names that were in such a small group dynamic with the Apostle Paul. Lydia, Carpus, Tychicus, Trophimus, Sopater, Chloe, Aristarchus, Gaius, Erastus, Aquila and Priscilla, Philemon, Barnabas, Lucius, Menaean, Titus, John Mark, Timothy, Silas, Luke, all of these believers that are mentioned in Scripture enriched the Apostle Paul's life in a small group, and he enriched their lives in a small group as well. The Apostle Paul may not have had a wife, and he may not have had any biological children, but he has had many, many spiritual children, the genesis of which were small groups, Now over the years, the incredible body of Christ called Calvary Bible Church has already greatly benefited from mini churches, as those of you who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good in a mini church are well aware of. And we celebrate that, and we thank God for what he's done in the past in our mini churches. And as I've told you before, going forward, we're going to call mini churches small groups. One or two of the reasons for changing the name we will run more and different ministries through small groups than we did when they were called mini churches. So we want to mark that difference. And second, for newcomers to our assembly, and we trust and pray there will be many as we share our faith, for newcomers to our assembly, small groups we believe is a more clear name that doesn't really need much explanation at all. Now, you may wonder what kind of different ministries that will run through our small groups going forward. Well, here's a sampling. Certain Sunday school classes will be treated as small groups. Certain evangelism activities and outreaches and projects will be done through our small groups. Occasional meals together when COVID protocols allow. Certain Christian service projects, like what projects? Like, for instance, a church interior cleaning. Or clean-up days on the church property, small groups. Or practical assistance to widows and to others who are in need through our small groups. Or preparation and delivery of meals to the sick or to the bereaved done through our small groups. Or non-technical respite relief for certain caregivers done through our small groups. Or short-term mission trips done through our small groups. Certain short-term teaching of certain topics will be done through our small groups. For instance, topics like marriage and family, finances and budgeting, parenting, how to pray, how to study the Bible. New members class will be a small group. Believers baptism classes. How to find your spiritual gift. These are just some examples of things that we will put into our small groups for the small groups to carry forward and to complete. Now, uh, going forward, as I've been saying, is where the action is going to be at, because small groups will be the heart and the core and the engine of us making fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. And may I say it with a smile again, you each need to be in a small group. Most of our small groups will be made up of all ages, children and Teens and adults and senior adults and small groups. There will be certain small groups that perhaps will be age-oriented, like young adults or teens or Sunday school classes. Now, I hope and I pray that you can see that going forward, not to be in a small group will be to miss a lot of what your church is all about. It will miss a lot of the practical ways in which we are assisting you to become a more fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. So therefore, in this pandemic climate, in this time when we are not allowed to gather together physically in a home, I would love for you to decide to be part of a Zoom small group if you're not already in one. Some pastors and deacons have already started phoning, and we will continue to phone through the whole church family, and we will invite you individually and personally to be in a Zoom small group. If you haven't been called already, you can expect a call. In my calling last week, there's a hunger and a thirst to be in small group, even by Zoom. 38 people I phoned this past week alone have signed up for Zoom Zoom small groups. That's excellent. And we expect many more of you will do so. Now, if you're already in a mini-church, you stay right where you are. That mini-church will be called a small group, and you stay right with the people you've built relationships with over the years. You don't have to move, and we consider you signed up if you're already in a mini-church. We consider you signed up for Zoom small groups. Now, let's get to God's word. In Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, are verses that are very critical, and they become more and more critical in the lens or the focus of the pandemic. These verses apply to the whole body of believers gathered, like this morning, but they also apply to individual small groups sanctioned by a local assembly. And this is what they say. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. You see, we don't know how much time we have in this church age before Christ raptures us away, but until that glorious day, that blessed hope that Scripture provides for us, we want to be stimulating one another to love and good deeds. And that is best done by not forsaking coming together on Sunday mornings, like we're here this morning, but not forsaking being in a small group at other times. Then there's Acts 2, 42 to 47, Speaking of the first believers after the day of Pentecost when the church was born, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread, watch it, from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. When the baby church was still in arms, as it were, gathering together from house to house, was part of what made them thrive and grow numerically and qualitatively spiritually. And then there's Acts 5, verse 42. Still the church is new. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. And then there are the one another New Testament verses that I overviewed last week. Those are still so uh, telling and so revealing of the heart of the will of God as expressed in the Word of God in the New Testament for the church of God in the church age. And some of these one another passages, we believe as leaders, are going to be most beautifully and most f- uh, fully uh, realized in our church through small groups. Romans five, excuse me, Romans 15 verse seven. Accept one another. Ephesians 4:32 Be kind to one another. John 13:34 Love one another. Romans 12:10 Be devoted to one another. 1 Thessalonians 5:11 Encourage one another. Same verse, 1 Thessalonians 5:11 Build up one another. James 5:16 Pray for one another. Galatians 6:2 Bear one another's burdens. Colossians 3:16 Admonish one another. Same verse, Colossians 3:16 Teach one another. Hebrews 10, 24, stimulate one another to love and good works. 1 Corinthians 12, 25, care for one another. Galatians 5, 13, serve one another. 1 Peter 4, 9, show hospitality to one another. Would you not agree that those one another verses will find their best and fullest fulfillment when we, each one, are in a small group? By Zoom to begin with. And then as the Lord heals our land and heals our world, When COVID protocols allow, then we will be meeting literally face-to-face in small groups in homes. What a day that will be. And so going forward as a simple church, our small groups will be where Christian living and loving of the one another verses are carried out. Small groups are going to be our main way as a church of better learning how to love one another. Small groups will be the primary way that we will better learn to better love one another. I pray that none of you will miss out on that blessing and that challenge and that place to belong, a place to be known and a place to know. I pray that none of you will miss out on being in a small group. Small groups going forward will be a way of living. They will not be just an event on the calendar. Remember, our simple process for making fully committed followers of Jesus Christ is simple by design. Love the Lord, Sunday morning worship service. Love one another, small groups. And love the lost, evangelism initiatives. Of course, I want to say that our trust as leaders, our hope as a church, is not just in a simple process of making fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. Except the Lord do it in and through us, it won't get done. Our hope is in God, that we will make fully committed followers of his Son. Hebrews 6, 1-3, Therefore having, excuse me, therefore leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. Now watch it. And this we will do if God permits. So you could write over this new simple church philosophy of ministry, and this we will do if God permits. Our faith is not in a process Our faith is in a Lord. And so our destination of fully committed following of Jesus Christ, our root, love the Lord, love one another, love the lost, our passengers, the particular believers in your particular small groups. Now, as I move toward closing this message, I want to raise four questions that I will seek to answer from 35 years of being a pastor four churches, three countries. First question Why are small groups effective? One, you know others and they know you. Two, they give a place for moving from reporting to disclosing, from speaking from the head to speaking from the heart. Three, love grows well in small groups. Four, care is shown well in small groups. Five, we all need a transparent place to belong. That's why some of the reasons why small groups are effective. Second question, why are small groups valued? First, Because your small group becomes your very closest spiritual family. Second, nowadays, out there, it's hard to find people to trust. A small group gives you a place and people to trust. Why are small groups beloved? Because the best spiritual growth happens in them. Jesus 12 one a phony, Apostle Paul, all the small groups of the fourteen to twenty churches he planted, etc. Why are small groups valued? Quality time spent together is impactful on us. Five. Why are small groups valued? Because unconditional acceptance by other believers liberates us from our fears, from our lies that aren't true. It's liberating to have unconditional acceptance by believers in your small group. Third, why are small groups avoided? In 35 years, I have seen some reasons why certain believers avoid small groups. Now, may I preface what I'm going to say, that I'm not talking about uh, those who don't have a personal computer so they can't be in a Zoom small group. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who otherwise had no reason they couldn't be in a small group but choose not to be in a small group. Why would that be? 35 years of pastoring tells me a few answers to that. Small groups are avoided by some because we are scared of being real. We don't anybody want anybody to know what's going on in our lives. And not being scared of being real often boils down to pride. Why are small groups avoided by some? Because we are used to isolation. We have grown okay with being isolated. There is a homeless man that I see eating garbage for seven years since coming to Nassau. He eats garbage. He lives on the street. I went up to him once and gently I said, I'm Pastor Elliot from Calvary Bible Church. I've been seeing how you're just barely making it. Could I take you to Sandalin's so that you could get some help? No. I said, May I ask you why? He said, because I don't know anyone there. He has become so used to total isolation, eating garbage and sleeping on the sidewalk every night, that he didn't want to go where there's potential help for him because he had never been there before. He was so used to isolation. During this pandemic, Too many people are getting used to isolation. They think there's no other answer. That's all that's there for them. But human beings were not made to live in isolation. We were meant to live in social relationship with God first and with other humans. Small groups are avoided by some believers because they become so used to isolation, they think it's normal. Other believers avoid small groups because they find their small group in all the wrong places. I'm not gonna name wrong places where people, Christians, find small group dynamic. I'm not going to do that, but I'll tell you this. If you are finding your small group relational need being met in a group that doesn't put Jesus Christ at its center, you're finding your small group in the wrong places. Why do some people, believers, avoid small groups? Because we aren't persecuted yet. You don't have to persuade a Christian in Iran to be in a small group. You don't have to persuade a Chinese believer to be in a small group. They know they desperately need to be in a small group, and they are at the risk of their lives. Part of the reason that some believers in the Bahamas will not avail themselves of a small group is that we haven't suffered that kind of persecution yet. But it may be coming to our shore. Why do some believers avoid small groups? Because some of us are against making our existing social circle any bigger. You may be hearing the urging and the exhortation to be in a small group, and you may be thinking, but I, will I know everybody in the small group? May I submit to you humbly, if that is your criterion, about being in a small group, that you have to already know everybody who's gonna be in your small group, you are making your existing social circle not big enough. Fourth question. Why are small groups in our simple process? They are in our simple process because learning to fully follow with Jesus is aided by up-close and personal examples. Small groups are in our simple process second because learning to follow Jesus fully requires personal accountability. Small groups are in our simple process third because learning to fully follow Jesus is hands-on loving and being loved. And small groups are in our simple process because in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus used a small group to teach 11 men and one phony, how to fully follow him. And so you've been hearing this sermon, and I've been saying it a lot, that we're moving forward to be a more simple church. Sermon one in this series looked at our destination, the destination of making fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. Sermon two looked at our root, our church's simple process, of making fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. Love the Lord, love one another, love the lost. And today, third and final sermon, at least in this series, looking at the passengers. Who will be your passengers in your car as you take the route to fully committed following of Christ? Well, they will be the persons in your small group. They will be your passengers in your car. When Beth and I were in Dallas Seminary, we were part of a small group. It was a group that lasted all our years in seminary, and we grew very close to one another. We laughed together. We cried together. We saw babies born in the small group family. We saw deaths in the small group family. We were very tight We always had an outlook in our small group that we had an imaginary open chair in our small group, that anybody who was interested in coming into our small group could do so, and they didn't have to be a born-again believer when they joined our group. Greg, a fine gentleman, came with his wife Kathy to our small group. Kathy was saved, and Greg was not yet saved. He was a member of the Roman Catholic Church. And in the course of us meeting as a small group, loving one another, looking to God's word, praying together, doing social activities together, Greg came to see the difference that a personal saving relationship with Jesus Christ makes. And he trusted Jesus to be his Savior. That was because he came to a small group and not a big church. Fast forward. That was in the mid 80s. Fast forward. 2019 hits, the pandemic hits. Our son is away at college in Wisconsin. We misjudged the pandemic. We thought it would probably be short-lived and his, his closed college would probably reopen shortly. We misread it totally. And so we left him in Wisconsin. And as the thing unfolded, when he had no dorm room to go to because the college was fully shut down, we needed to find a safe place for him to be cared for and sheltered. We came to find out that Greg, who I mentioned came to Saving Faith in Christ in our small group, that Greg and Kathy were living in Wisconsin. And as we reached out to them, we found out they were only 45 minutes from our son's college. And we explained the situation. And without Breathing another breath, Greg said, we will take J.D. in our home gladly. They had never met J.D. We hadn't had much contact with them over 36 years. But because of our small group and the love that was engendered in that small group 36 plus years previously, they jumped at the chance to bless our son and to bless our family. That is an example of the power, the relational, loving power of a small group. And so, it is my heart's desire as your pastor that you all would come to know the enduring blessings of being in a small group. That no reason would emerge in your mind that would prevent you from signing up if you aren't already in a small group. Be in a small group, love one another, and God will be pleased to bring greater formation to the ultimate goal He has for you as a believer that you would fully commit to following Jesus Christ. What a noble ambition! What a practical route to get there. I continue to be most motivated and excited about what the Lord is going to do in Calvary Bible Church as we go forward in a more simple way. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word has spoken clearly, that Jesus Christ expects us to follow him daily, to treat him in our decisions, our priorities, our values, Our time usage to consider him as Lord, Lord of all. We don't want to be a church where we are casual and that we are careless about following Christ. We want to your glory for persons to know that Calvary Bible Church is working on producing disciples of Christ. Those who are fully committed to following him no matter what. Lord, I pray that all of the believers within the sound of my voice, those here in the sanctuary or the Earl Weech, those on live stream in their homes, any who are physically a part of this church, whether formal members or regular attenders, I pray that each person would be motivated to be in a small group. Lord, we know you've already done great things in our many churches, and we look to you to do even greater things in our small groups. And we pray that come what may, all of us in a small group would know that we're loved, accepted, prayed for, encouraged. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to do. And we pray in Jesus' precious name together in God's church said, amen.